This is Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Richard Marsland. Yes, good morning everybody. Welcome to another week of Get This. It is me, Tony Martin, and the man who pushes the buttons has moved into Ed's seat. Give yourself a round of applause, Richard Marsland. Thank you very much. I might even clap myself and beast the numbers time. That's beautiful. Well done. <laughs> Great to be here. It's very, I know you're very nervous. I am extremely, because I'm also pushing the buttons as well as talking, and I'm keeping an eye on levels as well as the conversation. Of course, most radio announcers do that every day. Of course, but not me. <laughs> but they don't work in the haunted studio. Anything can go wrong. Look at that. I am playing the piano already tonight, Tony. No, see, well. tonight. There you there go. There you go. See, see? I'm used to doing a night show. It's nerve-wracking. <laughs> You did do your own night show. Weren't you recently sacked? It was a love, sex and relationships kind of format, Tony. On another uh, network? Yeah, I didn't have the brand equity to carry it through for a late night show. (laughs) How many months did that go for? (laughs) About five or six. Right. (laughs) Great fun. Okay. Yeah. What did you do wrong? Why did you get sacked? Well, I think, I mean, the show was very expensive to run. It was, Mm, uh, I I mean, there was a lot of talk of uh, the downstairs area. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of of clinical talk. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty blue show, I must admit. Okay. Hmm. And that's it. It was just pretty blue late at night. That's standard practices. How can you get sacked for that? I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how mm. we... Well, we, it was it was kind of a, a weird show. We would talk to callers and we'd get our regular people. We had we had some guy call on uh, who was had a problem with his downstairs area and actually sprayed more teen mm. on his genitalia. Right. They were the kind of people we were talking to. And apparently it didn't equal success, Tony. It didn't have legs? <laughs> no. I'd like to thank you for using the phrase downstairs area twice <laughs> already. Leave it clean, I'm sorry. In the first break. Uh, you'll be filling in for Ed for the next three weeks. Is that an exciting prospect? It is very exciting. It's it's daunting, nerve-wracking. I believe the sandwich shop is already in receivership. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to eat one sandwich and two plates of wheat bix while the show's going to air. It's a breakfast of champions. He has three meals <laughs> during a one-hour program. How is that possible? Well, he's a tall drink of water. He's six foot four. He's, <sighs> a, he's a big unit. He's, he's a monster. A lot, of, hmm, a lot of energy to carry that through. He's over there in Germany. He's going to be providing us with constant Fister updates, as promised, uh, from the World Cup. Uh, Otto Fister, the coach of Togo. <laughs> Still not enough information about that bloke. Have we managed to track down Ed yet, Nicky? <laughs> Still no idea where he is. He's gone AWOL in Germany. Could have been kidnapped by Al-Qaeda. We just wouldn't know. (laughs) We just wouldn't know. So what are we going to do? Well, there's no co-host today because I just wanted to bed Mr. Marsland in, so to speak, and uh, also take this opportunity to play some of the sketches that people have been requesting, Mm. rather abusively, I have to say. Through the website. Because why isn't this on your website? Mm. Why isn't this on the podcast? It's because it's got copyright music in it. So if it's got copyright music, we can't put it up there. So today, we're going to clear the backlog and play a few of these things people have been screaming for. Damien uh, is one of the many people who have been wanting the You'll Never Know promo. Oh, I love that. To go out. Do we want to hear that again? Good stuff. Here it is. You never know what will play next on Get This. It might be some old stuff. Might be some new stuff. It might be some slow stuff. Or it could be some fast stuff. 
That's right. We've completely lost the plot and have no idea what we're gonna play next. It might be some old stuff. Or it might be something from the future. It might be rock. Or music to make you think. Who knows what we'll play next at Get This. It could be some old stuff. It might be some new stuff. Because we've got absolutely no idea what we're gonna play next. Well, sometimes we do. The girl's happy. She's got no money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? We love playing that. But mostly we've got no idea. It could be old. It could be new. It might even be this. But it definitely won't be Dave Graney. No, you don't. It certainly won't. <laughs> Gee, well done, Richard. You've played that one. Thank you. It went to air. I appreciate that. How were the levels? They were all fine, actually. <laughs> just, just, just tickling the reds on the VUs, Tony. Very nice. I really do wish we could play the entire Man About the House theme. <laughs> But we can't. Uh, it is Get This on Triple M where you never know what we're going to play. No, we're not going to play that. Aww. I just wanted to freak out all the music directors around the country. <laughs> Get This. Gangajang and the sounds of then it get this on Triple M. It is the sounds of then because uh, we're taking requests this morning. It's uh, clear in the black or the backlog, mm. not the backlog. That's something else entirely. <laughs> uh, get this. Still getting my mouth to work properly at the start of the week. Haven't done my vocal warm ups, Richard. Same here, Tone. A little old lady was mutilated late last night. Warren Zevon, I think we nailed it down to, didn't we? Red lorry, yellow lolly. That's a good one. <laughs> Peggy Babcock. Try that one just now, ten times. Peggy Babcock, Peggy Babcock, Peggy Babcock, Peggy Babcock. See, four. See, that's, that's as far as most people can get. Try it in your car, look like an idiot. Some of those words I was doing on my late night show. Ah, yes. Now, Richard Marsland has moved up uh, on the bench, normally pushes the buttons, sitting in Ed's chair while Ed's in Germany. Uh, just got sacked from his nighttime show. <laughs> well, I mean, let go. I mean, we came to an agreement that perhaps mm. I would be better off doing something else. Massive redundancy, is that what you get? 
Uh, uh, Nickelback tickets. Yeah, Come Nickelback on. tickets. There we go. That's what it was. <laughs> and just tell me, what are some of the other jobs that you do? Because obviously uh, pushing buttons on get this isn't full time. I uh, do a little bit of writing here and there. For? Uh, around the place. Uh, Rove Live. Rove Live? Yeah. You do a bit of, is it? Is there much writing to do on Rove Live? There's quite a bit. I mean, it's it's a big show. It's about an hour and a half each week. And mm. so there's about five or six people in that room. Right. Um, some great writers. Have they done my sketch yet? Uh, I know, I love I your idea. I have been saying for 10 years someone has got to get Peter Hellier to play Philip Seymour Hoffman. The closest they've come is they've done the uh, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Capote poster with Peter Hellier. Uh, see, I was saying 10 years ago, I once brought Peter Hellier out. I was comparing at the ESPY yeah. in the Gershwin room oh, 10 years ago, and I brought him out as, ladies and gentlemen, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> One person laughed. I didn't quite hit. Hellier just looked baffled. And every time I've seen people from Rove, I'm going, you've got to do it. And they go, oh, he's not well known enough. There's not enough recognition factor. Our audience doesn't know who Philip Seymour Hoffman is. Mm. And then I'm going, but now he's won the Best Actor Oscar. Right. Get Hellier into the full Capote gear mm. and just do a sketch of uh, Capote going to the small Victorian town of Moe <laughs> to do an In Cold Blood style movie about the Domasavage murder. Well, I'm not sure if the word Domasavage in a in a sketch on Rove would work. Right. I'm not sure if they'd really want it. If you said Domasavage Garden, maybe. <laughs> there we go. They might. I, I think it's a fantastic idea. I don't know why they haven't done it. I know. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's been in every second movie of the 90s. Yeah. I mean, Scent of a Woman. <laughs> there we go. Twister, Boogie Nights. It's too, I'd be thrown out of the Rove writing room, wouldn't I? Okay, go and do a My Charader. It's too fruity, that idea. Too fruity? <laughs> Is that what they say? I'm not sure. We're taking requests. Uh, a lot of people. Rollo, Spencer, the two Maries, and someone calling himself the real Kfid. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> have requested our uh, Tom and Phil movie. This was a few weeks ago when, uh, of course, the, what was that film called with Anthony Hopkins? Uh, the World's Fastest Indian. The World's Fastest Indian, and Ed had been to see it, and I said, you know, were the New Zealand accents up to scratch? Mm. He suggested they weren't, and I said, this is how they should have gone. He only ever wanted one thing, to be the fastest, and there's only one place in the world where you can prove it. Indianapolis, USA. G'day, I'm from New Zealand. Is this Indianapolis? One man against the odds. Who the hell are you? My name's Tim from Invercargill, and I've driven this Indian motorcycle at a terrific lick from the big paddock to the big Griffin's Biscuits billboard in just 56 clicks, and after several thrills and spills, I'm fresh off the ship and committed to ripping the Indianapolis statistics to bits with my grip, spirit, skull, and most significantly, my vehicular quickness. You're going to break the Worldland speed record on that? It's a govern. The odds were against him. What? What's this you're using to attach the sidecar? That's a kitchen hun. And why a sidecar for a land speed record attempt? That's for my consistently unflappable sidekick, Phil. Hello, Tom. Hello, Phil. He's the one beneath my wings. Two men against the odds. I'm unwilling to puss on your procession, Tom, but every inhabitant of Invercargill is convinced you'll be cold if your Indian motorcycle outdistances 56 clicks. Is this your opinion, Phil? My position's contradictory. I think you can win. And one bug. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Tom. You're a brick of considerable distinction. But the odds were against them. Do you know how fast you were going back there? 56 clucks. Now stick that in, you bivouac pug. What? You heard him, Lickspittle. And after significant tinkering, this Indian's going lickety-split into Indianapolis quickness history. Suck on that, duck licker. Let her rip, Tom. Consider it ripped, Phil. 
but against all odds, would they be able to beat the odds? We've outstripped 56 clucks, Tim. I've never witnessed such blistering rapidity. Pretty magnificent for two hooks from the sticks, eh? Those unbecargled simpletons and their unthinking misgivings will be drinking their cynicism for dinner. It's uncontestable, Tim. This definitely is the district's swiftest Indian. The district's swiftest Indian with Tim and Phil impendingly imminent at Village Cinemas. But isn't a trick, Flux? That's the choicest fault since Cole Bowl. That's Hooberstank, if I were you, here at Get This on Triple M, right around the country. Good morning, everybody. If you're just joining us, it's me, Tony Martin. Richard Marsland, who normally pushes the buttons on this program, is co-hosting this morning. Great to be here. Filling in for Ed Cavalier, who's somewhere in Germany. Haven't been able to track him down. Yeah, he's gone missing. We right. can't get him on the, on the international dialing or anything. We've tried to... We've called the hotel. We've got an answering machine on the hotel. Really? Uh, we got some sort of weird recorded Telstra message on his voicemail. Is he just sleeping in? What happened to the soccer? They didn't win. Just, I'm not no. meant to mention the Socceroos, am I? Yeah, we went down 2-0. But we've still got a chance, I think. I don't follow it really either, but it's wonderful. Last week, there was dancing at my 7-Eleven. This week, just gloom and doom. <laughs> <laughs> Kids were just coming in, looting Chiquitos. The bloke just didn't care. Socceroos flags at half-mast. <laughs> Wow, so there's no Ed. Because no. I really wanted to play his theme. Let's play his theme anyway. Okay. My life, my dream, nothing's gonna stop. Not here, Fister. Oh, look, we, you know, I'm waiting for them constant Fister updates. Absolutely, we need some of them. I like, what does Perfect Strangers, the 80s <laughs> TV sitcom, have to do with? Or is it just the general vibe of the theme song? Ed grew up on Perfect Strangers. You've got to keep in mind, he's a bit younger than us. Mm. He well, loved Bulky. Of course, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot from uh, Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> Little Twist of Orange. Serge, that was him. Sarge. And who was the other one? Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah. From My Favourite Year with Peter O'Toole. Have I gone back to our movie show? Possibly. We've had so many. Many uh, emails about our movie show. Listen to this. This is uh, an email from Mark Weinstone of Nary Warren in Victoria. Uh, regarding your movie show last time, and the girl said uh, nobody would watch Yentl with her. My bloody wife would. When we started going out, she asked if I'd watch this particular movie with her. She said there were a few songs in it, a few. It was a bloody Jewish musical <laughs> with a man-woman imposter refusing to have sex through a hole in a sheet. What a pile of shite! Never, never, ever again. I do make the missus watch my favourite movie, The Commitments, regularly, <laughs> though. Well, the Commitments is a cool film. There you go. His wife's going into mental. A lot of... Gee, I wish Ed was on the phone. Yeah, I know. Because I had a special song prepared to play him. What was that? Oh, let's hear it anyway. Let me go on, like I... Fister. Bring that song, let me go on, Otto Fister theme. It had to happen. <sighs> All right. Well, let's continue the requests. Michael, Michael, and Michael mm. all want to hear the uh, interview we did with Kim Beasley, where he kept going on about cheese. <laughs> this was quite a few months back now, but here it is. Mr. Beasley, do you expect the Labor Party to form a unified view with regards uh, to uranium at any time in the future? No, of course not. Why would we do that? That's not what the party's about. Uh, agreeing on things. I mean, why would we go down that path? Well, the suggestion is that the party's left is about to cave in on the three mines policy. Huh. Well, look, if that happens, I'll, I'll change my mind back again. I mean, we can't have the Labor Party having one view on things. 
But it's this kind of squabbling that's seen your approval rating drop to its lowest point ever. Look, I don't agree with that. I think it can go a lot lower. I think I can get it down to single figures. And I'm not going to be able to do that if we start having unified views. Right. Just what is the Labour Party about these days? Look, you've seen the news. It's about fat blokes with glasses and beards standing in a town hall on a cold night shouting at each other about things that people don't really care about anymore. Versus blokes in shiny suits who are basically the Liberal Party with a different coloured guernsey on. And we've worked very hard to get it to that point. I'm not just going to piss all that away now. Oh, Mr Beasley, do you realise that uranium earns us more than half of what we earn from cheese exports? Look, I like cheese. Of course I like cheese. Who said I didn't like cheese? Nobody. Cheese is great. Are you suggesting we could build a reactor that's powered entirely by cheese? Um, no. Cheese power. A cheese-powered economy. It's clean, delicious energy. What are you talking about? Cheese. I think we should be exporting cheese. Well, we are exporting cheese. I love cheese. I want some cheese. Can I have some cheese? Uh, Mr Beasley, if we can put cheese aside for a moment, um, what do you say to these polls that suggest that you haven't got a hope in hell of winning the next election? I don't say anything. I just get photographed digging a hole. Look at that. Or patting a kitty on the head. Waving from a plane. We're eating some cheese. I really like cheese. Yes, um, you mentioned that. D does Martin Ferguson like cheese? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But if he does like cheese, then I don't like it. And if he's middling on cheese? Well, then I'll be photographed at a school, patting a kitty on the head, smiling for no reason at all, sending him on his way, saying, when you grow up, son, have some cheese. Right, we're just mentioning cheese for no reason at all now, aren't we? Have you got some cheese? I'd love a bit of cheese. Do you think it's possible a piece of cheese would do a better job leading the Labor Party? I don't know. Do the public like cheese? Um, yes, I, I think they do. Oh, well, no, then I'll be staying on. Get this. I have been surprised by the level of public disquiet. It's turned out to be much greater than I expected. For Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook on Triple M. It's Triple M, it's Get This, and we are going to play Talk Bent Mountain. We want to hear about things that have shocked you on the telly. Next. It's Triple M, it's Get This, that's the romantics, what I like about you. I'm Tony Martin, and with me is Mr. Richard Marsland. Great uh, to be here, Tony. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, you don't get a second round of applause, I'm afraid, no. Richard. But you control the applause, so you can give yourself one if you I want. if I wanted to. That's the kind of power you wield. <laughs> that be something. No sign of Ed Cavalier. Yeah. Lost in Germany. If anyone's listening in Germany and you see an insanely tall man with about five sandwiches under one arm <laughs> just poking at a mobile phone trying to get something out of it, tell him uh, to give us a call. Mm. <laughs> I need to know what's going on with Otto Fister, but we're going to forge on. The program continues. Talkback Mountain, let's get up there. Looking for stories in the paper. Gary Glitter loses appeal. I think that happened years ago, really, didn't it? <laughs> Certainly did. He's in so much trouble, isn't he, Gary Glitter? You know who should be suiting up for the Gary Glitter story is the Australian actor 
uh, what's his name? Anderson. Is it Andy Anderson? He was the dad in the Bob Morrison show. Oh, okay. I've been saying for years he should just bung the wig on and he'd be a great Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. So Gary Glitter at the heart of his fame. Yeah, for the... I'm the leader of the gang sort of era. For the what would be a very disturbing telly movie. (laughs) Certainly would be. I tell you who else would be good, that guy Shane Feeney Connor. Remember the bloke who was in All That Trouble? Yeah. On Neighbours? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, yes. Andy Anderson, Feeney Connor, have a glitter off. (laughs) See who can be Gary Glitter in the movie. Put two glitters in a cage, only one comes (laughs) out, Tone. Oh, dear. Uh, Let's leave that story. What about Shane Warne's Mrs. No Longer Mrs. Warne? She's now being referred to as Simone Callahan. So disgusted by Shane's antics, she's gone back to her maiden name. Finally. Mm. She's <laughs> taken her a while. I don't know what it was that uh, tipped it, but she's now moving out of the mansion she built with Warren. That'd be a McMansion, wouldn't it? Yeah. I get the feeling that's a McMansion. <laughs> well, isn't she renovating the thing for, for news.com.au? Is that what she's doing? Yeah, she's been doing some renovations, and it's basically been uh, Simone Warren's renovation diary. I'm not sure if it's that particular mansion. I'm, I'm sure it's not. Right. Well. Um, so she's been getting the house ready. She's been feathering the nest for quite a while now. She's gone back to her maiden name. Do you think um, Do you think Shane's worried about that? There's only one thing that really worries me, and that's hair loss. Of course. <laughs> uh, Wheel of Fortune is being axed. Oh. What next for Larry M. Deer? Where's the Where's the bankrupt bankrupt sound effect when you need it? <laughs> That's what you need. You need the wow, 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 wow. That's what they would have heard. They got Larry M. Deer into an office, and they said, um, "Larry, Wheel of Fortune. Do you reckon there's much legs in it? Mm, let's have a think. <laughs> mm, nah." No, I don't think there is. That's shocking. That's outrageous. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. What is shocking you on the telly? What has what have you seen on the telly that's shocked you? Now, I know a lot of people will be citing Big Brother, uh, the antics of Big Brother. Did you see it last night? I did. In fact, I caught an interesting bit. They've given one of the, the Big Brother housemates a camera. Just, oh, yeah. Just to record the moment for posterity. Did he know how to switch it on? <laughs> Any idea at all? Just in case, you know, the antics aren't covered by the 93 <laughs> other cameras, let's throw another one in there. Exactly. <laughs> and who was voted out? Katie. Katie. Uh, now, because, of course, this was the big story last week uh, from steamy scenes with personal trainer Jamie and promotions model Katie to a love triangle and a stripper hooking up with a boob job model. The romances have certainly helped ratings, but the story is now that Katie and Jamie have been separated. Mm. You know, will the romance last? Yeah. Because, you know, such... Really strong bonds are formed in that house. Really. They are, yeah. And, uh, you know, but they've been separated. And, and Jamie, in case people are wondering who Katie is, Katie is, of course, this one. What really annoys me is if Dad forgets the chicken on Fridays. Right. She's described <laughs> as a West Australian model. And um, what I'm leading up to is that, well, let's have another quote from Katie. Some people, by looking at me, just think I'm a skank. But I'm not, I'm a leader. <laughs> okay, keep that in mind. Now, I saw this in the paper last week, and I thought this was a joke. I'm thinking, surely this can't really have happened. Mm. But Channel 10 has confirmed the network did not receive one complaint about last Monday night's show in which Katie, who we just heard from, let's hear her again. What I want to do before I die, have sex. <laughs> in which Katie and Jamie engaged in oral sex. Yeah. Not one complaint about that. Right. In the old days, there would have been heaps of complaints. Now we're just so used to that, that that's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was kind of tame. Um, oh, really? I, I managed to catch just a little bit of it. 
I was flicking through accidentally. You uh, didn't tape it for the program? I saw Big Brother Adults Only. Well, it's all just music. Right. And uh, right. slurping sounds. But uh, it's basically, <laughs> it was basically just a, a doona. And then a lot of sort of movement underneath it. And you sort of got the picture as to what was happening. Right. And they don't have a camera under the doona. No. And this is why they've given someone a camera. <laughs> exactly. You just help us out, whop it under there if you could. <laughs> That's what they've done. Right. Okay. Um, well, I guess that would be something shocking that you've seen on TV. It certainly is, yeah, Big Brother. Mm. Um, I had one as well. What did you see? I saw some cricket the other day. Uh, it was actually, this is during summer, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. I saw a summer cricket game, and the game got rained out. I forget who was playing. Um, but the game got rained out. They went to, you know how they, they, they go to everything to try and keep the viewers there. They go to the classic catches. Yes. They go through some of the instant replays. Do they? Yeah. And, well, I, yeah, sorry, <laughs> right. I forgot who I was talking to. Um, and, and they go through some of the best bits of the past couple of so days. So even they admit that the cricket isn't interesting enough to keep you watching. That's true. Okay. And, and so they, they went to a, a, an old game from 1989. Mm. You know, let's, let's go to a classic game and watch this while the rain, you know, until the rain abates. Mm. And they went to that game and that game was rained out within three Overs. So the replay <laughs> was rained out. The rain out was rained out. <laughs> exactly. That's like there was a situation like that on the weekend where the guys who organise the uh, the processing of people offshore. Yeah. At is it what's that country called? Nauru. Nauru. Yeah. They arrived there, the two blokes from Australia, to do the processing, and they didn't have visas, <laughs> so they were actually illegal immigrants on Nauru. To process the illegal immigrants coming into us, and they had to call a special session in the parliament <laughs> the hunter to sort out the illegal immigrants from Australia on Nauru. <laughs> oh, things like that make me laugh. But so, what is shocking on the telly? People, it could be anything. Mm. It could be either sort of definition of the word shocking. Mm. If you've seen something on telly that you would describe as shocking, something surprising, um, yeah. something that you know really made you sit back and, and gasp, something disturbing, something that happened under the sheets, perhaps. <laughs> on the 7.30 report. Oh, of course. Uh, give us a call. This is the number to call from anywhere in the country. One triple three five three. Coldplay at the speed of sound here. Get this on Triple M. We're up Talkback Mountain. Yes, we are. <laughs> the South and resident button pusher Richard Marsland is yes. filling in for Ed while he's lost in Germany. Where has he gone? No. Lost in Germany, it sounds like a Hasselhoff album or something, doesn't it? It just sounds like that would be the name of his documentary. Well, hopefully he'll be with us tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're talking about things you've seen that have shocked you on the telly. Who have we got first there, Richard? Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What shocked you, buddy? Well, what shocked me is all of summer sport. All of summer sport? All of summer sport. Well, I don't watch any sport, so it's all shocking to me. But what in particular got you go? Just well, you think about it. All the winter sport, it starts at a set time, finishes at a set time. Yes. Summer sport can go over, finish early, and then all the shows that I actually like watching instead of the sport, right. I miss out on because I'm taping them, <laughs> and then I miss half of it, and it really is shocking. <laughs> and what are the shows that you're not seeing? Oh, well, you know, there's all the 24 when that's on, oh, earlier, yeah. Yeah. all that sort of stuff. Whatever it is, you know, tennis and cricket, they just can't stick to a schedule. They have to go over and whatever. They should stick to it, have the set time, and if the the game isn't finished, fine. Just cut it off. Just uh, get out on a loudspeaker on the field. Stop that game now. Everybody disperse. (laughs) Jack Bauer has terrorists to torture. Yeah, that works. And that's starting again this week, the 24. Are you looking forward to the new series? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like the 24. Did you, how about in the last series when Chloe went nuts with a machine gun? Did she like that when she was locked in that car? Well, you know, she had to do something because all the time she's just in front of the computer. She mm. is. 
So Give you saw that one. <laughs> Give her a bit of action. This, yeah. show should, this show should come with spoiler warnings, though, Tony, because I haven't actually seen that series uh, yet. Oh, it'll take you years it, to catch up. Is it okay? It's an exhausting schedule. Or, or, it's a great show. It is a good show. Years but, or three days? Well, that's it. You've got to wait till they're not overnight line only. Right. Because when the whole series is overnight line only, it's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's like the show itself. It's a race against time. As we've mentioned before, very good point, <laughs> sir. Who have we got next? Uh, Philip. Philip. Hello. What's been shocking you on the telly? Well, I didn't realise that Bananas have now replaced um, drugs as a new illegal import. Oh, yeah. Mm. They're so expensive that, according to customs, people are now smuggling bananas. Really? And how are they doing that, I wonder? Well, there's an ad with uh, our mate Steve Irwin Mm. showing a lady rocking up at customs at the airport and pulling out a hand of bananas out (laughs) of her bag. (laughs) Well, you know what you can get? It's about, uh, that's about 10 grand on the open market. One banana. Are you paying for bananas yourself? No, we're trying to avoid them now. Well, what are you substituting in instead? Uh, I think we'll go for the apple or the pear or maybe even a bit of passion fruit. <laughs> yeah. The mandarin's good value, so... Right. Um, it's got the aromatic skin. What do you think there, Philip? The mandarin? No, no a bit acid for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the, say, the seeds. I have, still haven't got the idea of the seeds yet. Yeah, how's the mandarin performing on the Dow Jones? Do we know? Very well. Right, so what you've seen that's shocked you is, this, is Steve Irwin, basically, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, well, he's pretty shocking most of the time anyway. <laughs> he is. <laughs> When's he going to sing? He'll be on that singing show, I reckon. Do you reckon on a, it takes two? Yeah. Uh, I'd uh, love to see Steve Irwin on that. I'd love to see someone I recognise on that show. <laughs> they got on there. They've got Judy. I think we we're about to talk about the takes two, as a matter of fact. Uh, who have we got? Uh, we've got Michael. Uh, Michael, are you there, Michael? Yeah, I'm here, boys. Is, it, it takes two. Is that shocking you? Oh, mate, it is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't sit through it myself. What's uh, the most horrendous aspect, do you think? The most horrendous aspect is the level of talent. Yeah, and just, just non-existent. And and but you know, and no dancing. I mean, at least with dancing, you can watch people stumbling about, and that's pretty much entertaining, no matter who's doing it. Yeah, oh, I can't wait till they get them dancing on ice. <laughs> oh, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be a bit of fun. There's going to be fingers going south, I reckon, on that one, because oh, you're basically yeah. ice skating. You're walking around on knives. Keep that in mind. It's the most frightening <laughs> thing about ice skating is that as soon as you fall over, you know that somewhere you're going to be. Sometime you're going to become digitless. There's Someone's going to skate past. A fingerless, angry Anderson. That's what we are going to see. <laughs> I swear to you, it, and it takes two. Uh, I mean, who would you idea? Is there anyone that you could think of that you'd like to see on that show that would make it worth tuning in for? Nah. No. No. Nah. No. What about Rex Hunt? Uh, oh, yeah, Rex should be up there. He, he'd be up there. He's pretty high on me. Uh, he's pretty high on me charts. Because we've had a lot of requests. Because we can't put this on the podcast mm. because of the copyright issues. Mm. Uh, Rex Hunt doing a bit of a duet. Uh, the person who's been pestering us the most is another Richard. I'm afraid. Richard. Oh, okay, we're all trouble. So uh, for those of you who don't like it, takes two. Maybe you would like it if it went like this. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. Oh, how good is this? It's the album you've been waiting for. Rex Hunt. How good is this? I'm paying money. Uh, the girl's happy. She's got no money. I'm paying money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? The big man's paying big money to duet with the best. Got my rocks off. It takes two to tango with the stones. Got my rocks off. He's a rexile on Main Street. 
the girl's happy. She's got no money. She's got no money. There's easy listening. How good is this? Something for the kids. How good is this? How good is this? And all your classic rock favourites. I got my rocks off. Got my rocks off. Honey, I'm invincible. I'm paying money. Rex Hunt. How good is this? It's worth paying for. I am strong. I'm invincible, invincible. She's got no money. The girl's happy. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? <laughs> and don't forget, if you want the Rex Hunt ringtone, you can uh, download it at the Get This website. Thanks to everyone who called in at Talkback Mountain. That's Lenny Kravitz here at Get This on Triple M. It must be time for us to go. Uh, how are you going, Mr. Marsden? Do you think you can handle it now? Talking? I be, yeah, I think I'll be fine. Talking and pushing buttons? Yeah, I think I'll be fine. A lot of other radio announcers do it. That's what I'm told. <laughs> but they're not in the haunted studio. That's true. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a radio announcer, so it does freak me out a little bit. I'm no. not a professional radio announcer. You will be by the end of this week. I feel like Ed Harris behind the desk of Apollo 13. Hey, Ed Harris is the mayor of Brisbane. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be, I think we're, you know, we've tidied things up. We can get some more guests in here now. Looking forward to it. That's what we'll be doing over the course of the rest of the week. Angus Sampson's coming in tomorrow. Glenn Robbins is going to be with us on Wednesday. Uh, Lee Simon, uh, of course, a stalwart here <laughs> at Triple M. Older listeners might recall him as the host of Night Moves. Cool. One of the finest music programs ever to go to air in this country. He was just in here yeah. looking for his pen. Someone has adios his pen. So if anyone has seen Lee Simon's pen, Give us a call. If anyone's seen Ed Cavalier in Germany, give us a call. Do you think that's a segment? Do you think we could do Where's Lee Simon's Pen? I think it's very good for the pen-stealing demographic. Has that got cut through? <laughs> Traction? Sizzle? Has all those things. All right. Well, uh, we'll be well continuing down the week. Lots of good more ideas like that. We're full of it. We're full of it. Today's key phrase... What really annoys me is if Dad forgets the chicken on Fridays. <laughs> Like I say, we will be back tomorrow with Angus Sampson, who loves a good name drop. Hopefully he'll be mentioning Lou Ferrigno again. And it's all thanks to Mrs. Olivia Buckley.